drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Welcome to the drawing room, a space for Australia's best conversations. I'm Andy Park. An explosion is worth a hundred million words, and that is maybe too many words to say. So says the final line on Labyrinthitis, the new album by Destroyer. Well, Dan Behar may not be up to 100 million words, but across 13 albums with Destroyer and more than a few collaborations, he's definitely created his fair share of beloved lyrics, building a cult following that sometimes crosses over into a mainstream embrace. Labyrinthitis was recorded during the isolation of the last two years, but has the vibe of a disco club, perhaps enticing us back to the dance floor if perhaps one at the end of the world. Dan is my guest tonight in the drawing room. Welcome to you, Dan. How's it going? You were once quoted as saying, sing the least poetic thing you can think of and try and make it sound beautiful. Is that still your approach to songwriting? I don't know if it is. I mean, I feel like my voice is probably strange enough. It creates like enough unfamiliar resonance without me digging up strange words to brutalize people even more. But I think I was paraphrasing some artist manifesto about about the unfam- like the unfamiliar, the role of the unfamiliar and creating beautiful things. Um, but I guess I don't really have a very conscious approach approach to writing. You know, I don't punch in um, at the office. I wish I did. I wish I, I I had a more rigorous kind of practice. But really, these things just kind of. Um, you know, they kind of float along and I, I, I kind of just walk into them. And when something gets my heart racing, I write it down and I kind of remember it. And that's about the extent of it. It just so happens that some, I guess I like strange language. Your latest album was written and created during the weirdness that we all experienced in 2020. Did that shape the sound and the, and the themes that you were interested in then? I don't really know. I don't think so. Um, but I mean, then again, were, were you recording, were, were you recording your, your vocals at a dining table and working I from mean, home like the rest of us? I was, I was doing stuff like that, but oddly, I mean, I was doing, I was doing that for the previous album as well. Like the, the record that I put out maybe two months or like six weeks before lockdown happened in a lot of ways scans as a, a pandemic record more than labyrinthitis does. But the fact is, the, it's you know the band is very present on the album, but we were all it was all recorded, you know, in our private little rooms scattered across the continent. So that was strange, and I don't know. The record to me feels like really agitated and uh, kind of clawing at the walls a little bit and disorienting, which is maybe how some people were feeling during the last two years. You've even said that this is the most band re- record that you, you know you've done in the last few years. What led you to take that uh, sort of band approach again? Kind of took me by surprise, really, when I first started talking to John Collins, who I collaborate with um, pretty regularly now. You know, our first ideas were about like just making a full-on techno record um, or like a kind of a share record. <laughs> <laughs> and uh like sitting singing on a battleship kind of thing exactly, with sailors yeah, sailors just, that'd be epic just something really relentless like that and in your face and kind of four on the floor beat just just or like a or just like a full-on house record 
Um, and as as is the usual, the more we actually got to down to doing real music work, we the further we strayed from like the concept, you know. And we just started asking different people in the band to do stuff. Um, the more they did, just like the songs took on this weird new life between the this, this stuff that they sent us and then the way that John would kind of like chop it up and screw it up and manipulate things. Um, yeah. There, there is a little bit of a new order kind of accent to this album. Was that a band that you'd, you know, been to see or heard on the dance floor in the clubs you used to go to? I mean, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. So that's the music as a teen, when I first started really getting into music at all, um, was around the time that that band started really getting an audience, at least in North America, in the mid 80s. And it always just was something I loved. I didn't know why. Partly, I think I really relate to Bernard's singing style, but I don't know. I always come back to it. And John and I always come back to it. He's a bass player and he loves lead bass, which is, of course, you know, Peter Hook's specialty. I understand that you're a father and asking a father about the the nightclubs that he goes to is probably a stupid idea. But uh, what were the clubs you used to go to or, or, or perhaps still sneak away to? It's weird. I don't I don't go at all. Like I I mean, and, and this is predates the lockdown and the pandemic. I mean, I'm you know, I'm pushing 50 uh my club most anytime i'm in a club or in a bar is when we play there so i think of it now as a workplace (laughs) (laughs) and um as far as going to clubs it's weird like i associate that i associate like dance music with my teens and really just being a, a kind of music that i would listen to um but the minute i was really old enough to go to clubs um is when I started getting way more into like guitar, like indie guitar rock and American, like kind of American indie bands, just going to bars and seeing loud bands or seeing noise shows, um, things like that. So I don't really have much of a history with like um, going to raves or going to clubs, um, not in the like classic late 80s, early 90s sense. Yeah, that sort of uh, music uh, takes me back, well, it certainly reminds me of a certain amount of sexual desperation, which uh, you can move on when you've uh, settled down and become a father. What's it like uh, having a club as a, a workplace in, and, and arriving at your 50s with a workplace surrounded by those sorts of temptations and vices, I suppose? It's kind of funny. It's absurd. Uh, sometimes it's um really familiar other times you shake your head and you can't believe that it's come to this uh, you know i would say going on tour i'm actually more into playing live now than i ever have been i i would say i had kind of a conflicted relationship with with it in the early days of destroyer and I don't know, my body probably can only take so much of a beating these days. So it probably saves me from any kind of insane excess. <laughs> I feel you there. You've been doing this for a while now, 13 Destroyer albums plus the other side projects and collaborations. When you look back and you think and listen, I don't know, do you listen to those first albums and can you hear your approach to music changing over those 13 albums? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um I mean, the first time I ever went into a studio was in 1996, and it was actually a basement studio 
um, that John Collins and his uh, studio partner, David Carswell had. Dave, David plays electric guitar all over Labyrinthitis and I've done lots of stuff with him as well in the past. And, you know, I'm still collaborating with those guys like 25 years later. So um, there's like a through line. The songs are kind of all over the place. I think I was like uh, maybe a lot wordier before and a lot more emphatic in my singing. I was kind of a drunken ranter. And I think I've kind of relaxed a little bit uh, in those regards. But, you know, I can still pick up an acoustic guitar and play some of those some of those older songs in a, in a set with some of the newer songs and they still just feel like a destroyer show you've been quoted as calling some of the themes in your music quote typical destroyer bullshit um you can hear those themes across your albums particularly those themes about people being i don't know at the end of their rope going down with the ship punching up these sorts of ideas yeah, I mean, I like to frame those ideas in a heroic light instead of like a devastated or tragic light. I I like the idea of, uh, you know, like acts of futility in the face of like insurmountable odds. Uh, I like kind of quixotic stuff. I like um, lost causes and maybe, you know, madness is kind of an interesting subject to me. Do you find any of those themes in your, what I've read is your favourite film genre, French New Wave cinema? There is those quixotic sort of elements. Do you sort of resonate with some of those themes? Do they cross over to your music? That's interesting. I didn't know that French New Wave was my favourite genre. Well, you can uh, <laughs> but, take that up. You can take that up with Pitchfork magazine. But that being said, I, I have watched many of those films, you know, like, I guess from being a precocious teenager who started watching that stuff probably around the same time that I started listening to uh, some of the music that we were talking about earlier, there's like a certain uh, fatalism, like romantic fatalism in those movies, which I've always found really attractive. Um, and like they kind of put the act of art making front and center in your face it's like they make you reckon with the fact that you're watching a movie or that you're watching a work of art and i've always i've always kind of liked that move on radio national i'm andy park and dan behar from destroyer is my guest in the drawing room and dan we're about to hear a track off your new album uh which one should we play and what should we know about this song can you play the song eat the wine Drink the bread.
that was Eat the Wine, Drink the Bread, Dan Behar and his latest album with Destroyer. Fantastic stuff. Of course, Dan, you went out on a few tour dates with the new pornographers last year. What was it like diving back into that part of your life with your old and former bandmates? Really strange. Um, A, I hadn't been on tour with them. Some of them I hadn't seen in like seven years because uh, I haven't been on those records and I haven't, um, I haven't been playing shows with them. But then coupled with um, the just very strange nature of going on tour at all right now, you kind of you kind of go as like a hermetically sealed unit and you don't interact with the outside world. So it was extra intense. And it was also really strange because we were playing specifically the, these old albums. Um, so there's a lot of rehearsal and just like songs that I just hadn't really tried singing or had even heard for 20 years, you know? So uh, it was a trip and it was fun. Um, and it was amazing that no one got sick and that the whole thing wasn't canceled. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure of the current state of things with COVID in uh, Canada, but yeah, it's been a complete crushing blow for musicians here in Australia. I yeah. always like like to ask uh, artists about their diet, and I don't mean what you're eating, what you're reading and listening to, and I don't know, reading in long form or short form, viewing in long form or short form. What is your kind of uh, creative diet at the moment? What are you consuming? Well, it's weird during the, I'd say during the bulk of the last two years, I seem to be just like watching films, reading books, things that, things that from my past that I knew really well, almost just like comfort food, you know, just like applying, applying a balm to rough times. Yeah, the familiar yeah. is so appealing right now. And especially because yeah. we've all been rather uh, holed up at home, you pick up the books you have on your shelf, the ones you've kept close all these years rather than seeking new ones. So what are those those books or those records? Oh, man, I, I was going to say I, that I feel like I'm just busting out of that, though. Like, for instance, I saw, I watched um, not too long ago a movie that's picking up a lot of steam, at least over here, called Drive My Car, a Japanese film, which I really loved. And not only that, but I really loved the, the soundtrack, which I think was released um, last month. I've been playing that a lot. Um, uh, so that, this is the one that's based on the Haruki Murakami short story, isn't it? Yes, exactly, uh, yeah. Do you like his other work? I mean, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle, for example, that I'm sure uh, it would have resonated with you. It's really strange. He's like a writer that is a real glaring blank spot for me, even though over the, the decades there's been like various books that have been recommended to me and i was like always keep meaning to get to it um and now i'm definitely going to i just need to know where to start it's weird because this movie is based on a murakami short story but it's all all about a checkoff play production and it sent me down like a checkoff jag which happens to me every four or five years that's the other thing that i was reading I always like um, the phrase about Chekhov's gun, you know, you can't introduce a gun into a stage production without it once going off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you apply that to in, in your work? If you introduce an idea, it's got to lead to something, right? For me, I'm, I'm a complete insult to that idea. I have things <laughs> which, I have, which appear for like one and a half seconds for no apparent reason whatsoever. 
or maybe the whole bulk of the song is taken up with something and you have no idea why it why it's there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's basically an attack on Chekhov's gun. <laughs> uh, I like it. Well, uh, we always like to hear uh, some new music from our guests here in the drawing room. Uh, Dan, what would you like to listen to? Something from your your taste something different from your own music anything you like really i know that kate lebon has put out a record which i've heard some songs off of and i really love maybe running away that's a good one before we get to that dan thanks for joining me it's been a real pleasure thank you dan behar has been my guest in the drawing room and destroyer's new album labyrinthitis is out now let's have a listen to the song he's picked from us this is kate lebon with running away search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.